Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kauli. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kauli, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kauli. Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Holly Williams with uh, Keep More uh, uh, to, to our podcast. I appreciate your time, Holly. Thank you for, for coming on. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a beautiful day. Wonderful, it's wonderful. In the background and behind the curtain. I know. With, with COVID period, we are living through it, right? So we are in it, man. Absolutely, absolutely. For folks who won't know, Holly is experienced and a veteran in this in a multifamily industry. Uh, she has uh, her prior advertising career. She has spent 25 years building her uh, career in the advertising industry before getting into multifamily real estate. Uh, Holly owns several multifamily properties within New York, Texas, Ohio, and Mississippi. Uh, she is currently retired and she has been uh, within the multifamily industry for uh, over 20 years now. And she has uh, over 20 communities and over 4,500 doors. Uh, that's 4,000. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's an incredible resume. She is also the author of famous book, Hidden Investing, What the Wealthiest 1% Know That We Don't. Uh, amazing title and amazing insights from Holly. So thank you for taking time, Holly. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, in your own words, uh, give us a brief background uh, uh, from, from you and let's get it going. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'm an investor who had a career, a real job and um, was all over the place and had the, I'm from Texas originally and had the opportunity in 1990 to move up to New York and, and work in advertising and market research. And so that's what I did. And along the way, I bought a Manhattan apartment. I, you know, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all of those things. But all of that takes a lot of time and it's very hard to scale. Absolutely. While you have a, a full-time thing and then life got really busy. I had a daughter and got married not in that order and, <laughs> and and you know um what happened to me was that i had an opportunity to invest in a multifamily syndication and i didn't know much about it but i trusted and knew the people that were running it and so i did and so one thing and that was 2013 something like that mm-hmm. and at the same time, two years prior, uh, I had lost both of my parents, not at the same time, but over a period of a couple of years. And I watched them have to withdraw money from their 401ks to live. Mm-hmm. And I began to, and they died broke. And then I, it began to dawn on me, seeing it firsthand that A, when you withdraw money, 
when you, when, you know, we're all taught to put the 401k and blah, blah. And then our heads, we think, oh, well, if we have a million dollars, if the stock market returns eight to 10%, then we're going to have 80 to a hundred thousand dollars in income or whatever for every million we have in the 401k. But that's not how it works. And so I watched my parents experience that and basically die broke. And then I realized that, hey, the entire system is designed for us to die broke. I mean, that's what every financial calculator asks you. How long do you want to be retired? Like, how long sure. do you want to live? Sure, sure. We'll tell you how much you have, can spend. It's crazy. So, so I, you know, began to search for a better way at the same time and had this opportunity. And I, I just didn't realize that you could go together with a lot of, a lot of your people that you know, right? Because it's sort of a club. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it takes a lot of people to do the big deals, uh, like, you know, typically. So uh, help us understand, uh, Holly, what was your first investment like, uh, you know, and how did you kind of arrive at the large multifamily as we come to know now? And like, what were some of your early lessons as you got started within the large multifamily uh, properties? Well, so the, the, the big lesson, I mean, I learned, I've learned a lot, so it's a loaded question, but the, the first time I was a passive investor uh, with a guy that we might have heard of named Joe Fairless, who sure. <laughs> I knew from Texas and knew from the advertising business. So I knew him early on. And so when he found this apartment complex, he, he was looking for investors and so I invested with him mostly because I knew him and, you know, we all learned a lot with that deal. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I learned uh, essentially how it works. The fact that, you know, you can buy cash flowing apartments. And I learned um, too, that it's very important to have a solid team that it's tough to do this with a, even just a few people and that you need to have um, a, a team on the ground too, that, that like is really knows that market, at least some people on the team. Right. Sure. And so, so I think that that's probably one of the lessons that I learned. And then uh, the second lesson I learned was it's, this is all about, this is not about raising money. This is not about, I mean, it is about executing a business plan. Couldn't so, agree more. Hmm. That's right. This is, and so people think, oh, it's about raising money or, oh, it's a, finding a deal or, oh, it's a, no, the hard work starts when you get it. And, and so it really takes a lot of, uh, of eyeballs keeping, keeping track of this stuff. And, and so I, you know, I, I found that out. Right. And, you know, I could tell lots of stories. Awesome. Uh, awesome. No, and, and you, you, you're absolutely right. I think it takes such a, uh, you know, uh, experienced team knowing the nuances of the business and also the game of efficiency, as we call it, like where can we improve, whether that's operations or, you know, physical improvements Correct. and things like that. And the, the word that you said is execution of the business plan. That's, that's, uh, phenomenally important that once you take it over you gotta run with it you have to know all of it and uh, do the correct thing now right. uh help us and understand long-term deal i mean this is like five seven years sure. you're really in it 
Absolutely, absolutely. And how did you kind of marry your uh, sort of your advertising background, Holly, and the folks you knew at the time? Uh, how did you kind of educate them and bring them in your uh, sort of network and spread the word and bring them along with you? Well, what happened was that really happened organically. Uh, just by me getting excited about what I was doing. And when I'm excited about something, forget it. You know, I don't <laughs> shut up about it, right? Sure. And, and uh, it was interesting. One of, the, one of my clients in advertising, I knew it was time to probably uh, pivot to doing this full time when one of my clients in advertising said, this is great, Holly. I don't, I, I, I'll, whatever. What, I don't want to know really about what you're doing now. I'm already a client, whatever. I want to know about this real estate stuff that <laughs> 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 I hear that you're doing. And so, so it's really been sort of a, a people coming to me and, and being able to help people that I care about. Sure. You know, all the way from my brother to uh, colleagues in the advertising business that because if you don't grow up in this world, I mean, this is how the wealthy invest. This is we're buying these from hedge funds and from uh, REITs and and all kinds of of big, big organizations that sure. have lots of people and lots of expenses. And what we're able to do as entrepreneurs is come in um, with a group and, and work together and share those profits. And when you don't, when you're not buying buildings in Manhattan and, and paying, you know, $600,000 salaries plus bonuses, you can, you can do, a, you can do a lot and you can return a lot of that Sure, sure. So it's been very um, eye-opening to me, and mm -hmm. and so that it, it's very it's really simple what we're doing. It's something that no people have not ever heard of. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, and I'm glad you wrote the book. I, I think we will talk about it definitely about the book as well. But now, when you go to investors, uh, Holly, and you're sharing like you know, let's say the benefits of multifamily or various growing submarkets and things like that. What, what kind of you tell them, like, let's say if uh, a deal comes to you, right? Uh, how do you kind of convince the, the investors? What does that conversation look like for you? Well, it's a lot of listening. The conversation really doesn't, I mean, if, if, uh, if, if they understand it and the timing is right, mm -hmm. people will invest in it. I sure. mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, and it's really more of getting to know those investors because- sure really have to, again, you're in it for three, five, seven years. And, and most of them are, are people that I know anyway, right? <laughs> sure. And, mm -hmm. Or they've heard about me from somebody else I know, right? Sure. And, and so it's important for me to get to know them and, and what they're trying to do. I mean, you can, you can invest in a lot of ways. Sure. And this isn't for everybody, right? I have a lot of friends that are like angel investors, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they live out, some of them live out in Silicon Valley. And what they like to do is invest in 10 companies and nine of them lose and one of them hits and they want to get on the board. And it's, this is very, very pedestrian to them. <laughs> very <laughs> simple. We, mm -hmm. we, uh, you know, we buy an apartment complex, people pay rent and then we collect the rent and we pay the expenses and we manage it wonderfully and add value to the uh, to the asset as we go along and then we 
all share in the profits. Absolutely, absolutely. Now you came up with the book, uh, Holly, Hidden Investing, um, the what the wealthiest 1% know that we don't. I mean, I, I absolutely love that title. It, it just says such a lot into it, right? Uh, can you maybe describe how uh, you kind of uh, taken what you know and how did that idea for the book came about? Uh, I, I'd love to hear about it. Well, the idea is just the fact that I was in my late fifth, I mean, middle age, let's say, and and I didn't know any of this. I thought I, you know, I was an accredited investor for years and didn't know what that was. Sure. And mm -hmm. when I began to talk to my friends and family, it re I realized that they didn't know either. Mm -hmm. And that they were buying annuities for, I mean, all of the, we're, we have no, little to no financial education in this country, even though I went to business school, but I learned about um, stocks. Mm -hmm. about the stock market I learned sure. about, and I didn't really learn that well because it was really um so I didn't realize that Goldman Sachs for instance has a wealth management division that you need a 30 million dollar net worth to even learn about and that uh 10 million of it needed to be liquid mm. and then Goldman Sachs takes that money and they go invest in multifamily real estate. <laughs> Stuff like that, right? Sure, sure. And oil wells and businesses and life insurance and all of this stuff. And so we give our money to the bank. Sure. Mm -hmm. And when we think, oh, well, we're getting interest, we're really not. But mm -hmm. what they're doing is investing in multifamily, they're loaning out their money to others. And so I, I entered this world of, oh my goodness, this is what the wealthy do. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't grow up, you know, I grew up with the 1040 EZ right out of college. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And then I bumbled around and, and did okay and got to where I was paying 50% of my income in taxes. Wow. Mm -hmm. about all these other people that don't pay taxes and you're like, what? what is the deal here? How does Warren Buffett do it? Well, Warren Buffett, you've heard him say it. It's not secret. It's hidden. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't, we don't hear him. What right. he's saying, he's telling us that his secretary pays higher tax rates than he does. He's telling us that it's not right. But you know, our tax code is designed for us to pay, you know, incentivizes us to do things. Sure. One of the mm -hmm. things that the tax code incentivizes us to do is to buy real estate. One easy way to buy real estate is to invest in real estate passively, but sure. you have to know the people that are doing it because it's not advertised. Right, right. So and you're absolutely right. You don't know about it. Correct, correct. And there are specific laws, uh, as we talk about all the time, uh, that uh, perhaps sometimes are designed so that it is it has to be kept within your network. So it's kind of a double-edged sword that although you want to tell more people, but there are laws against, uh, you know, right. you cannot just suddenly go to like, let's say, social media or the billboard or the radio and all that, and you cannot suddenly start to advertise. And uh, with with 506 C as we call it, that recently started to change, which is you know a slightly different dynamic. But for the longest time, you couldn't uh, you know uh, sort of broadcast uh, or advertise these deals, you know. And so, I've never broadcast them, right? And, right, right, right. But I tell my story. 
right? Yeah. And 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 I think that's okay, right? Because like right. I don't have a deal right now anyway. If somebody sure. wanted to invest with me, they they couldn't. Sure. And they usually don't do that anyway till we get to know each other. So absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, Holly, speaking of, uh, you know, we have let's say the. Um, your passive investors on one side and you obviously have the sponsors, the operators, as we call yeah. it, uh, which are, you know, actively uh, kind of looking at different deals and kind of coming up with some uh, good opportunities every now and then. Uh, how have you kind of established those relations and grown your network so that, you know, on one side you have the passive investors and on the other side you have the sponsors kind of coming up with deals and then we are all kind of as a team coming together and, uh, you know, giving uh, big returns to the investors. Can you maybe speak to that? Sure. Well, the first thing that I do is invest, you know, so, so like I've, I've only worked with three or four lead sponsors sure. anyway. mm-hmm. and it's all mm-hmm. been sort of in the same orbit as that I travel in. Right. And, sure. mm-hmm. and, you know, I've gotten, first of all, I usually invest and I mm-hmm. get to know the people and I get to know how they deal with their investors and how they, are they really like-minded and are they as conservative as I am? Because there are tons of people that I really, really respect and, and like and would love to work with but like like student housing I don't know much about that sure mm-hmm. and, and so I don't and um, you know I don't do student housing not right now and I would have to do a whole lot of work before I started to do that and, sure sure mm-hmm. you know so there's lots of th- things like that so there's many many different there's philosophies right some people I know are doing ground up construction and you can make great money sure mm-hmm. it's hard to so so I have criteria so I want to, and I want to understand and, and, and make sure that the people on the ground are, 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 you know, in my lane. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well. And then, and then I, 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 I get involved with them and I get involved from the, I mean, I don't, people call me sometimes and say, I have a deal. I need to raise money. And I don't even touch that, <laughs> um, you know, sure. mm-hmm. uh, and, and, Although I'll look at the deal and help them if I give guy, if they want, you know, not help them raise money, but tell them, you know, this is what I would do. And this is why it's a good deal and why it's not a good deal or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they'll send me that before they close on it, but I get involved before we even, sure. know, mm-hmm. we get best and final, maybe even before that. So I see, I see. Got so, it. And, and help put, put the story together. Right. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and as you rightfully said that, uh, you know, the different markets, the value add has to be there, how you can grow it uh, and all that. And and it's a process, as you rightfully said, that you get involved up front, you're doing all the financial due diligence, you're seeing, you know, how the asset looks like. And as you pointed out as well, that, you know, there has to be a proper sort of path or a story as to how, uh, you know, we are going to see the returns. It has to be tangible, right? And uh, and that's how you make it work. It, it, it isn't like uh, a rocket science or anything like that. It's just a pure business plan as we alluded to, you know? Uh, and which are the markets currently you like, Holly? Like, uh, what, what is your typical favorite markets you like to invest? No, so jobs. Sure. And- landlord friendly and and frankly tax friendly so you know the the market has to be growing i don't 
I know people and I've made money in the Northeast and, and I know people that are buying multifamily in the North where I am right now. And, and I'm, I'm just not, uh, I just don't, that's not my thing right now. Um, and, and markets that I know, you know, you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't always take the country out of the girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, I grew up in Texas Sure. Yeah. and I uh, grew up in Houston. And so I like Houston. I like Dallas even better. Um, lots of, you know, I lived in Dallas after college and my brother and when I was little also. So, so Marcus that I know, I lived in North Carolina for a couple mm-hmm. of years um, in between Texas and New York. And, and so I, I, I like places that I know and people that I trust and know. Sure. So, I mean, that doesn't hurt at all. That doesn't mean that you can't do this anywhere. It's just, that's kind of where I, my comfort zone is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Jacksonville, Florida, I like, um, you know, so there's lots of good places in the country and that can change, but it's really where the jobs are. Couldn't agree more. Lots of different industries as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It I, works. People aren't saying, oh, I'm going to move my company to New York. You know, <laughs> start, I mean, it's just not what's happening. They're moving true. out of here. True, true. That, that to me is not the right trend for the long haul, right? Sure, sure. And I agree with you. It's it's all about job and jobs bring in people. And, you know, obviously with more people coming in, businesses coming in, you have the direct job, you have the indirect job. And obviously that's how, uh, you know, the demand increases. That's how we get kind of the organic rent increase, as we call it. Right. And I absolutely agree with you. And that's what I think boosts your uh, sort of the net operating income or the NOI as we kind of call it. And that uh, that's the base. And you rightfully said that it's all about jobs and how that migration is looking like. Is the economy diverse enough that let's say if the one company goes belly up, are there, you know, a bunch of other industries, whether it's healthcare, industrial and things like that, that will support the economy, right? And, you know, and that's market research, right? And sure. it's all about populations and what people do. Sure, sure. How they, how they think, what makes them do what they do, what makes them buy where they buy, what makes them move where they move. And, and so this is what to me was a natural extension because it's about, you know, how, how people are, are, are living their lives and they're not, you know, even COVID has dramatically changed some things about how people are living. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really interesting where I, where I'm sitting, uh, I'm sitting about uh, 90 miles north of New York city right now and Mm -hmm. houses where I am. I'm so grateful to have this place because houses are staying on the market for like a day. Wow. Because mm-hmm. you know, people from the city are wanting to get out of the city. Sure. And have sure. Out. You know, it's very, very interesting what's happened. Same thing happened after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it, everything's sort of cyclical. And right now, I think we're in a cycle where, where this is just not the place to be. And Sure, sure. And even outside of the big... So even in we have uh, even outside of Dallas, right? Not downtown, you know. It's sort of the 
the places where large companies are moving and spread out. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, as experienced as you are, Holly, you have seen the previous, uh, you know, uh, 2008, uh, uh, you know, uh, downturn at the time, right? And we are going through another downturn as we uh, as we record this, right? Um, it's kind of interesting that 2008 was a financial crash, as we call it, and as 2020 began nobody knew the pandemic word or the covid word for that matter but now here we are the whole you know sort of world is uh, you know sort of uh, living through it right and um, and i want to preface this by saying also is that uh, this pandemic is so huge and it has affected you know pretty much main street across the board right and if we take lessons from 2008 and now kind of uh, fast forward into 2020 here now you know we are you know much more deeper into let's say whether it's the stimulus or the job losses uh, and things like that right uh, what is your take like uh, in terms of what what some things you're thinking that perhaps maybe quite real for the coming year or two. Uh, I mean, are we, like a lot of people are talking about, let's say, the V-shaped recovery and things like that. Uh, could you maybe perhaps give us uh, some of, uh, you know, some of the philosophies or some past experiences and how you're kind of looking forward through this? Yeah, so, so I knew, and I wasn't the only one that knew, I knew that this was going to crash. Mm -hmm. I didn't know we were going to have a global pandemic, mm -hmm. but I knew that we were going to have a correction and I knew, and I can guarantee you that this is going to get better because that's mm -hmm. what the universe does. Uh -huh. It's going to grow and there will be a time, I don't know when, but there will be a time when things are booming and everybody's happy and I can guarantee you that's going to happen and I can guarantee you that it's going to crash again. Sure. Mm -hmm. right? And it is so, cyclical, absolutely. Yeah, and so I'm not. I'm a. I'm an optimist, but I also want to plan for the worst case scenario. So, sure. mm -hmm. thankfully, we really had, in all the deals that I'm in, pretty much done that right. Mm -hmm. So, sure, mm -hmm. we buy things that are, and people in the Northeast don't understand very well about cash flow necessarily. They think that sure. cash flow is maybe like the rents that you're getting. Right. They don't right. understand that cash flow is really after all the expenses, what, what's left over. Sure. Mm. And that you can really cash flow real estate. Right. It's tough to do it in markets like New York and California, San Francisco, LA. Sure. It's very, mm. very hard to do that. But you can do it in places like Dallas and you can do it easier with a big multifamily real estate asset, much easier than you can with a single family home. Absolutely. 200 units and you lose a tenant, that's not the end of the world. Sure. Mm -hmm. Single family home. So, so it's a different uh, kind of mentality. So uh, we, I, I, to insulate, um, I only look at, you know, cash flowing 90% or above assets and, mm -hmm. and that, that really um, can, can have room, right? So, so if it's 90% occupied now, the last deal that we did, for instance, it was around mm -hmm. COVID, right? But 96% sure. mm -hmm. occupied and we stress tested that and it could, occupancy can drop mm -hmm. to 55%. Wow. Mm -hmm. That asset before we can't pay the bills. Absolutely. Now, That's strong, very strong. Mm -hmm. 
So that means that now investors aren't going to get, but we'll make that up once we, because it's going to rise again, right? Sure, sure. But if you can find, if you can invest in cash flowing real estate, what happened in two thousand eight was that people got stuck with an asset that they that wasn't cash flowing that that wasn't and they couldn't re they we were in a loan that they had to get out of at the wrong time. Sure, but we've been getting fixed loans for five, 10 years, it should be twice what the business plan is, right? So sure. have some wiggle mm -hmm. room and very, very conservative. Now, not everybody does that. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just what I do, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and so it's capital preservation first and then cash flow. And Makes then sense. the market appreciates all the better. Sure, sure. I, I love your insights, uh, Holly. I think... Uh, you have a very interesting sense of, you know, throwing in philosophies and uh, sort of those keywords into your commentary. And uh, I mean, it's, it's great listening to your experience, actually, you know. Uh, so I appreciate your time, Holly. Uh, share with your uh, with our audience how they can, you know, kind of uh, find you and learn more about your company. Well, sure. So I'm at keepmore.com. Uh, my book is called Hidden Investing. And you can get a special deal at hiddeninvesting.com slash book. If you go okay. right there, there's a place that you can buy. You can go directly to Amazon, but it's better to go to hiddeninvesting.com slash book. Sure. We will link that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, uh, you can book a, book a call with me. I'd love to, to chat and, and uh, try to help any way I can. So. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge and experience, uh, Holly, as uh, I have, you know, uh, continued to know you and interacted with you now many times. So it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you for your time. And thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you. It's been been lots of fun. Thank you. so much. Stay healthy. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest.